Welcome back, everyone. You are listening to the CJJC Show. Embrace the controversy. Stay for the biased takes. Here we are. We are in December. And after a, I guess, heartbreaking, gut-wrenching, however way you want to say it, on week 13 of the NFL has come by and passed us. And the guys are here to do some takeaways, as always. But most importantly, the NBA has an in-season tournament going on, and the guys just had to talk basketball. So, we got a tiers list ready for you guys to go on and enjoy the show with. So, like I just said, and already ruined, sit back and enjoy the show. All right, Jalen, we are here on a Tuesday evening of just a rough week in the bag uh, as far as football goes. Uh, lots of quarterbacks and other players going down with injuries. Not great. Um, and just uh, some crazy things happening in the league. A bit of a quicker episode here tonight. How you doing as we get ready to crack into this? Um, yeah, it, like you said, it was been it was a rough one for the NFL, but I'm doing pretty well. I'm doing a like always. We had a nice bye week. Got to sit back and relax and just watch all the NFL slate happen. Um, I texted Christian, and I think I even texted you. I don't know if I did. That uh, my apologies for uh, the grossness of that slate. Every week I try and hype <laughs> it up. But I think at the first half I was ready to tap out. Um, even the games, even though they were technically close, it was just not great to watch overall. <laughs> so uh, uh, yeah, we're doing pretty good though overall. Um, relaxing. Yeah, and you were right about the Steelers Cardinals game that couldn't have gone worse. I mean, that was like just like the most Tomlin Steelers Steelers choke game of all of the Steelers choke games, but it is what it is. Uh, okay, so we'll get through some takeaways here, and then we might hit some basketball if we have some time. Um, you can start since you have more prepped. I, I have some, but uh, I'll let you start. All right, cool. I have a fun one to start us off right off the bat. Um, just in case this was to be my baton and it's going to be Colby NFC playoff pictures. Just, it's going to be much more entertaining than the AFC playoffs. I'm telling you right now. Ooh, that's honestly, I mean, I've said that was crazy literally like a week ago, but after if some of the things that are taking place around the AFC, that's that might not be a bad take. I mean, I don't think that's crazy. Yeah, I was about to say, this take was made before the injury, too, that happened to Trevor Lawrence last night. But, uh, yeah, it's just going to – I just think overall, though, the reason why I chose this take was I think just the NFC teams have a lot more potential for Super Bowls. And from my, in my opinion, I think we're getting a Super Bowl. We're getting a ring in the NFC this Ooh, year. It's not it going certainly to looks, I, I don't think that's crazy. It certainly looks like that now. My argument against that would have just been that it's like only four teams, like the other teams are all gross. But you could say that about the AFC just as much now. Um, they think Trevor should be – I mean, I think Trevor's going to be back before playoffs, hopefully it sounds like. But he's going to miss some time. Um, same with Kenny Pickett. An equally as good and important quarterback. <laughs> yeah, um, not as good, but equally important. That is true. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe not even equally important as important, but – uh, he's better than Mr. Trubisky, I'll tell you that much. No, I don't think that's a crazy take, especially now um, with how things are looking in the NFC. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, that was about to say. Um, you also got, like, the Texans and the Broncos, the Texans Colts. Texans got to get in if these uh, yeah. if all these quarterbacks are out, man. We got to get C.J. Stroud in there. <laughs> and the reason why also is 
I hate to say it, Colby, it might be one of your takeaways, but God damn it. One of the teams in the NFC are also a fun team to have in the playoffs. A team that I'm not trying to say right now, which probably would be a giveaway if it comes it comes across your mind later. But yeah, the NFC just has a lot of things going for it right now, especially when you also consider the NFC South. I mean, someone has to win it and host the football game. Oh, Someone's going to have to host the Cowboys. The NFC South has to host the Cowboys the, or the Eagles. They're going to get in more that- likely the more likely the Cowboys. That's going to be but- the worst playoff game of all. One of the worst. This going to be just a domination, no matter who it is. Guaranteed. It will be. I mean, did you see? <laughs> I mean, Desmond Ritter is in first place, Jalen. As of this moment, our our former guy, Desmond Ritter be starting a playoff game i mean mm-hmm. did you see him against the jets like he's getting worse it was so like i said it was one of the games that were hard to watch <laughs> oh my goodness it's just awful so yeah that's that's the one concern um do you want me to just go my takeaway right off of that oh yeah just because i know what you're alluding to and yes it is of course on my list i hate to do it two weeks in a row to you but i'm especially with how bad the steelers were this week i gotta have some joy some level of joy. Um, I got to tell you, man, is Jordan Love by the end of this year going to be a top five NFC quarterback? Oh, no. I'm going through the list. He's not – I'm not saying yet. I'm not just after three excellent weeks where he's looked incredible. The Chiefs game was by far the most impressive, and the Packers – the Lions game before that was the most impressive he'd had all year. Um, Yeah, I mean, the Chiefs – they have a good defense. Jordan Love, right now, you go through the list. Obviously, he's not better than Dak Hurts, not even going in order, but Dak Hurts, Jared Goff. He might be creeping up on Jared Goff. Uh, the way Jared Goff hasn't exactly been flawless the last few weeks. Um, hmm. I mean, who? Oh, Stafford. Stafford is definitely still. Stafford is also, that's your NFC point further. Stafford is still pretty excellent. If you can, if he has. If he's standing upright, if he's healthy, he can stay healthy, yeah, he he is still very good. Um, so credit to him because I kind of thought he might be cooked after last year. That's certainly not been the case. But Jordan Love, yeah, he's obviously way better than anyone in the South. He might pass Kirk. He may or he by then it's that's the debate I think right now at number well, five is uh, is it going to be Brock him or Kirk? Yeah, not yet. And Brock's in his own category. You almost I don't even know how to even rank Brock just because of the Niners. He's good. He's obviously up there. But people have him as an MVP. He's not. He should not be the MVP. And I love Brock. He's it's a good quarterback. I think. We Bring it back, him. everyone. The love hate relationship. Anyway, no, I just don't think he should be the league MVP. I still love him. But <laughs> so just talk about Jordan Love. He yeah. slinging it is excellent in that Chiefs game, and they trust him now. He he's got some big old Kahunas. You can say what you want about Jordan Love. He is not afraid. He's, I think he's like, I like Colin said on his show, and I don't think he's going to be far more Rodgers for the record. I don't think he's going to be a Hall of Famer, but he plays much more like far than like Rodgers kind of. He's, he's much more of a gunslinger than Rodgers. That's the one thing. But he's been taking care of it lately. He looks confident, and they're certainly going to make the playoffs at this point, I think, as long as he's, he stays upright because uh, the rest of their schedule, I don't know if you've looked at this, just to put a bow yeah. on. They go Giants, Buccaneers at home, at Panthers, at Vikings, which is their hardest and biggest game, and then the Bears yep. at home to finish out. So, and they're already in the wild card as of this moment. So, uh, 
things are looking up for old Jordan Love. And sorry, I know that's painful for you to see. It is a little painful, but it does at least show the NFC North being the best division in the NFC Conference right now. Oh, easily, easily. Yeah. Got three teams in the playoff. Yeah, that's not, that's the only. I got all right. So my takeaway, I did have a Packers game as one of my takeaways as well, in case we copied. Um, mine was they disrespectfully moved the needle. Okay, yes, they did. They're good and everything, and they disrespectfully moved the needle and everything. I actually think it was a good game. I I agreed with the takes of you know the fouls that even if the Chiefs got it and now they get they were wrong. No, the Chiefs I think deserve to lose that game. Um. I, I was about to say, I don't think the Packers were just one step ahead of them the entire time. AJ Dillon's playing really well. Um, they got, they're just, all their young players are actually playing good. And that's the thing about this team, too, is they're the youngest team in the NFL. So they're going to take swings left and right from good to bad. And they had a bad swing at the middle, right after what, the first three weeks? That's when it happened. After week three, when it kind of started to happen, they took a dip because they lost also Aaron Jones during this time. So. Yeah, I I think uh, will Jordan Love be a top five NFC quarterback? Kirk Cousins might have something to say about that, but and but I will say they definitely caught. It's another game where it's just like God, like I said, it's just they are proving me wrong again, They're getting <laughs> my attention. And yes, it's, it's they're tied with the Vikings. They're tied with the Vikings with the wild card spot. That's why they're there. So Vikings only have them because we got the last one where Kirk Cousins got hurt. So, yeah. and they beat the Rams already head to head. I don't think they they don't play Seattle. So those, I mean, those it's gonna be four spots, two spots for those four. This is kind mm-hmm. of interesting. Like no one else has a chance. I mean, I guess technically, two two from the NFC South cannot get in. I guess that's technically on the board, but that won't happen. That can't happen. Um, yeah. so <laughs> it's really those four. <laughs> and then, of course, I'll have another take for the game. It yeah. is the Chiefs' kingdom-sized concerns. I mean, we had them at number two. I think. Uh, I think just yeah, reasonably we would have probably lower them after that last game. Um, where would you have them right now, Colby? The Chiefs in the AFC. Do you still have them as your favorite? Yeah, this is bad. Really, luck. they're struggling. They're not their best, but. They have a pretty light schedule after this Bills game this week also, which helps them. And, like, it helps also, like, what's happening around them. Like, Trevor is now out for a couple weeks. The wild card is just a mess. I don't think – do you think any of the wild card team is realistic? The only one I think that maybe could beat them is Houston if C.J. Stroud just goes bananas. But even that's a long shot. It, like, the only team really is that I would – that I think – I see beating them with Baltimore and Baltimore has looked better this year, but I trust the Chiefs way more than I trust the Ravens. Lamar Jackson still only won a playoff game once. And it wasn't like the prettiest of games either. Was not. That is true. Like, I mean, the Ravens, the Ravens have been the better team this year. Like if we were doing power rankings at this moment, I'd probably say to put the Ravens slightly ahead, but I don't know if like the Chiefs, I still trust more. I think they'll be fine, but they definitely have some issues. I do agree with you that, I think they could very well get got in the Super Bowl by whoever if they're there. Like I do think the NFC has the strongest looking teams right now at the top. Yeah. Um 
I would say it's the Ravens. I don't know if I would say it's the Dolphins. I think that's what the people are saying. Like, I don't agree with that. I don't think the Dolphins are the number one AFC team. There's no way. I agree. I've seen I've seen the betting landscapes and they're up there, but I I do agree with Baltimore though being up there. Um, the Chiefs got a big game against the Bills and the Bills vice versa because the Bills are a desperate team and everything. And, and this could be the moment where the Chiefs can just put a stamp out on the Bills era right now with Sean McDermott. But just so you know, if he wins this game, Bill fans, we'll talk about it on Thursday. If Sean wins this game. You guys probably got another season with him. You guys are probably going to have another season with Sean McDermott. But that's for another day. Um, <laughs> all right. Let's see here. My takeaway. Next one's up. Let's go. Uh, I want to go right. I'm going to go right off to from the top of my list here. We're going to go Chargers versus Patriots. Now, Jalen, why are you picking a game that only has six total points? Now, this was one of my. Hey, hey, I, uh, I actually picked this game. I actually picked this game as my lock. <laughs> Got it just barely by the skinny teeth. Yeah, it was a meme. It was a meme on Instagram, and I was so I was laughing when I saw that. Like they literally only scored six points, and the spread was five and a half. Um, and that is my take, though. It's the Chargers' offense is officially on red alert, folks. I mean, people are memeing their their first round pick wide receiver now. I mean, have you seen that graphic? And, it uh, is. It uh, is uh, rough. I did really like Quentin Johnson coming in this, in this So I don't want to kill him too much for that. But yeah, he's been a disaster, especially when you mm-hmm. look at the guys picked, because they all four went in a row, and the other three have all been much, much better. Yeah, and uh, not only that, you just got, if you look at the entire board, it's like, it goes all the way down to where Puka Nakua was drafted, every receiver. Best of all. Better. <laughs> yeah, he's and exactly. Anyways, um, not only that, when you talk about Quentin Johnson, but they also brought in the new offensive coordinator and Kellen Moore. What's going on? What happened with that? This offense doesn't look better, in my opinion. <laughs> this offense That's doesn't. The games early in the year, but not. It's been a disaster lately. Yeah. Um, it's not looking pretty at all. Um, whether you say it's because of injuries, well, the Chargers always have injuries, so they should be able to figure that out. They have Justin Herbert. We have held him to high standards, but. I think it's officially time we go on red alert. He did get paid, though, so at least you got that part locked in. And then for the Patriots, they're celebrating getting one step closer to a new era. Now, and we all know they're just – at this point, they can't be any more obvious, right? Steelers, <laughs> yeah, man. The Steelers, I got to say, really, really dropped the ball losing this game to the Cardinals because now, not only for all the obvious Steelers – reasons and just how embarrassing it was but on top of all of that they've now moved the patriots into a top two pick right now and they're a game ahead of the cardinals in this tank race yeah lee that's that you done yourself double then i yeah. don't even know that part of it the I mean, tank yeah. race. so wait steelers have the number one pick right now no not the the it's the panthers the, the patriots patriots are two no but like they were tied oh goes to the bears they're ahead of Arizona. Yeah, so the Bears right now would have one, and the Pats would have two. That's hilarious. New era already starting. <laughs> the NFC, bro. Drake and Caleb, get them both over there. <laughs> don't need I don't know, dude. Quarterback. Certainly not I think the AFC should use it, especially for the Patriots, a very respected brand of football, you know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what's your takeaway, Cole? 
Uh, my second one. Okay. We already mentioned Stafford. Uh, I just, I got to I mean, but I want to just talk about the Rams more. Sean McVay deserves all the fly. I know they're only six and six. He might be the best coach in the league. This, I think, has been his most impressive coaching job because they are like duct taping it together. A lot of places on that roster, man, especially defense. Um, the line. I mean, they took Sean McVay. They took Kevin Dodson, the Steelers guard. The Steelers, you've seen their O-line issues that they've had for, oh, I don't know, five years. And Kevin Dotson started for the Steelers the last two years. And they were this year were like, trade him to the Rams. We signed Southern Guard from the Eagles. We don't need him anymore. He wasn't that good. And he wasn't really that good. He was below average starting guard for the Steelers. He has been like one of the – like PFF has him as like one of the top like three guards in the NFL this year for the Rams. Like Sean McVay just gets the most out of his guys. He's a genius – offensive like they're they have they might have like in terms of depth they obviously have some great high-end players with Stafford and Cup, Nakua, Aaron Donald but like in terms of like the overall talent of their roster they might be in they're certainly in like the least 10 10 least talented rosters like they're down there in terms of talent and yet he just finds a way man so Andy Reid I think still has the belt for now because Belichick is obviously he's lost it McVeigh might be right there though. He might be the best coach in the league. Like he's been so impressive to me what he's done this year. Wow. <clears throat> Great speech. Um I I mean I would like to just bring up to add on to that. I agree with everything you said here. It was impressive for the Rams. I mean, you said it at the beginning, Stafford, he's slinging it and I said it too. As long as he's standing, he will be launching. Round <laughs> defense on 36 on him. Like the best defense in the league. Yeah, with Joe Flacco on the other side of the field challenge. Yeah, that's right. Flacco got <laughs> 20. See? Um, and honestly, the main thing, though, I wanted to say is, remember how at the beginning of the year I was mentioning how they have, like, 20 or 30, like, rookies or free agents just yeah. there? And they're that's how much they were – that's how much duct tape they're working with, folks. Yeah. Like, <laughs> they're, they're working with that much duct tape. Like, that, that roster is very constructed – to just survive it seems like you know just to get tread water all right <clears throat> i'm gonna go ahead we're gonna move on over to my takeaway next one up i got the texans and denver game for the texans i got the joker meme why so serious i mean they're gonna be the fun new team they're over there they killed the batman they killed killed batman's fun time um getting to the broncos here in a second but look, the Texans, man, like you said, Colby, if CJ Stroud makes the playoffs, they are a team that needs to be in. He's must watch. It's fun. He is cool poised. It's fun to see him come back in clutch moments. The team, not only that, around him is, of course, young, but let's not forget that you do have a defensive coach in D'Amico Ryans. Like these guys, and he was from the 49ers. Let me add on to that. He came from the 49ers. He was their defensive coordinator for the past three, four years. So I believe, I believe when it comes to the Texans. This is why I say, why so serious? Because, like I said before, as long as they're winning games, it's just a better story for everyone. It's just a better story for everyone. It's why so serious? They just going to keep winning when they don't have to. It's awesome. And Denver. Let's ride is now a road roller coaster, and it's a good one. Right now, it's a good one for sure. But right, you know, we're going on. It was a loopy loop. We were going on. It was nice, you know. You're on the ascent. Now we're just doing. We're going on. Wee! 
Ryan or all that type of stuff. All right. So Russ, I mean, came back a little bit down the earth. The defense did as well, but this could also be credit to the Texans. All right. Now that's a good one. The Russell Wilson, the interceptions finally caught up with him. He hadn't been turning over all year, and then he gave it away a couple times in this game, including a big one at the end. Um, so CJ Stroud continues to look really good, man. He's the Texans. They lost Tank Deldo, which is a killer because um, he's been insane for them. Um, so, yeah, but that was a great game. I watched a lot of that game, actually, because the Steelers were in a rain delay uh, so much. So Twice. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say it happened twice to you. Um, no, yeah, that's a, I think that's a fair, fair takeaway. But, hey, Texans, I told you they should have been 10. They proved it. 10th spot in the past. Yeah. <laughs> that is true. They did prove it. They did prove it. Great, com- great, great callback there. That was a great callback. Uh, I completely forgot about mentioning that. Dang, good callback. Yeah, all good. That was all a good right. power game for us too. Not gonna lie. <laughs> no, all right, yeah. Sorry. That's fun. No, yeah, all good. Um, my next thought, um, takeaway. I don't want to go be too negative, but and I feel bad even saying this, but hopefully this will give them the confidence to get turned around. I'm, I'm kind of getting worried about the Lions, man. I'm getting worried that they're just gonna have a heartbreak in the playoffs and get upset like in the first round just because of their defense, man. Like, they beat the Saints. They covered just barely. Um, but, man, they gave up 22-28 to a Saints offense that has looked completely broken at times. They got, obviously, carved up by Jordan Love, which, you know, there's no shame in that, the week before that. But they, they gave up a bunch of points to the Chargers, who haven't done anything since. Like, their, their defense that it seemed like they had fixed for the start of the year is kind of – Looked a bit more like last year, these last few weeks. They're still winning. They're still going to be hosting a playoff game. But I'm very concerned they might uh, might lose it in a heartbreaking fashion, especially if you got to face Jordan Love again and he comes to town. That's probably – that's your worst-case scenario. I'm sorry. I, I was reacting to this uh, Bucks-Knicks game that I was watching a very gross possession of basketball. I don't know what Giannis was doing, um, but I do agree with you on the Lions heartbreak being inevitable. Uh, dude, it's we said it. We've been concerned for a minute. I mentioned the concern as well. The games are getting higher and crazier and crazier. Um, a little bit out of hand. And sure enough, they came out stomping the Saints. And what happens? You barely cover like Colby said when you were up by like 28, I think, or 21 in the first quarter. So. I know it's a long game. Don't get me wrong. But still, like, this is some things where if you're a playoff team and you want to be at those expectation levels with the Cowboys and the Eagles and 49ers, you got to take care of these games, you know? And they just let them come back. And just like the Packers game, they just worked, like you said. They got cut up by Jordan Love, which – We'll find out in a couple of time. We'll tell if that was a good loss or not. Okay. We'll, we'll, we'll say that. I'm not going to, I'm not going to be happy or anything <laughs> about Jordan love and his success, but I will say this. Like I said, Colby once every, uh, once every decade, the Lions will make the playoffs. I never said they will win. I said the Lions will make the playoffs once every decade. So let's see what they can do with it. All right. Let's see how far they can go until the heartbreak happens. Okay, speaking of teams like the Cowboys, I have a category that is not just about the game, but it's about two teams that are just playing very similar, in my opinion. 
I got the Dolphins and the Cowboys. And their takeaway is can't count higher than 500. All right. Because why? Every game these guys play, it's so close when they play teams with winning records. I mean, we've seen the Cowboys beat the Seahawks barely. A great, entertaining Thursday night game. So I'm not complaining on that end. But they beat up on teams that are under 500. Guess who also does that? The Dolphins. Oh, yeah. I think this is a fun take because these guys just struggle with the teams that just play above 500. And that's the reason why you hesitate to put them any higher on rankings. <laughs> but, I mean, Dallas, you did this for the first time in a while. So give you a break. But still, can't count higher than 500. No, yeah, that's a great take. I agree that they are just like <laughs> – that the Dolphins and Cowboys are like the Spider-Man meme, like pointing at each other. Like they're very similar. I think Dallas is better just because of the defense. Yeah. They have an offense. They have a good defense. Like they play, I'm pretty sure actually in a couple weeks, which will be pretty hilarious, but I would take Dallas. Um, at least new defense. No, but yeah, we'll see what happens. It's a couple weeks out. Um, yeah, no, that's a great take. That might be the best takeaway of all. They are very similar. I Like I said, I think Dallas is slightly better. Also, I was, I think Dak is better than Tua. Um, Dak has taken this has been Dak's best year to me. He, he's taken a leap, I think. He's no longer, I don't think we can say that he's him and Kirk are the same anymore at the moment. Dak for Kirk's the been hurt. What do you mean? Do make me bring up the four game stretch of Kirk Cousins balling out, or no, just how about where he had no bodies and Kirk Cousins just made it work? But you know, a good year, he was having a good year, but like, I'm just saying, year. I'm just saying that I don't know that Kirk, Kirk hasn't put together a year. Like as impressed as good as Dak has overall this year. It, he was working on it. Yeah, he, he was take, working. Would you take two over Dak though? Yes. Really? Okay, I disagree. Would you take right two now? Over yes. Two then. Hmm. So you have two above Kirk too. I'm assuming. That is a tough question, but yes, probably because he's a little more mobile really? than Kirk is, and he's been more. He's been, you know trying to work on his pocket threat passing game. Like, I mean, you got to admit, he has the weapons to show his arm in the pocket. Yeah. And Tua has learned to protect himself this season. That's what was holding him back. I was big on Tua last year. I mean, not going to sway away from that now. So, that is, you put me in a tough pickle. But, yes, I, I think I would put Tua a little bit higher. Just a little bit. They're all very um, – all like, we'll be right there near each other in the rankings. I think I would have Kirk below both of them. But, All right. Yeah. What do you got for number four? Um. Okay. Number four. Sorry. Yes. Number four. I mean, look. I. There's a lot of ways I could go. I don't even really want to talk about the Steelers. I mean, we all know what happened. It's uh. It's just it's a bad scene. So I'll actually go and I'll just give your guy some props here, man. I mean, Gardner Minshew. What a year. I cannot believe that the Colts are seven and five. That is probably the team that has shocked me the most easily of all 32, as far as how, what their record has been. Um, Like I'm even more shocked by them than the Texans. I thought they were going to be in the running for worst in the league. And instead they might be in the playoffs. Steichen's unbelievable. And Minshew has been like, honestly, like, do we think Anthony Richardson had looked good and he'd shown flashes, but I don't know that they would even be, and be seven and five with Anthony Richardson just because of some of the rookie mistakes. So as talented as he was. So, I mean, I got to just tip my cap to Minshew, man. He's been fantastic. He was excellent again this week. I might make the playoffs. We'll see. But yeah, he he's, this is the best he's ever looked. He's balling. Sorry. 
Sorry, I'm just so touched by the words you just said about my boy Gardner Minshew. Made me tear he, up a little he, bit. He is by far the best player on the of all the Jalen quarterback uh, saloon. Jalen's quarterback saloon with uh, he's in there with Heineke and Nick Mullins and all those guys. He is by far the best. Oh yeah, oh yeah. We love rooting for Nick for uh, not only Nick Mullins, but we love rooting for Gardner Minshew. <laughs> and we love Gardner Minshew. As I said on the last episode, I have him in Madden. We're working our way to a Super Bowl, man. Okay. I'm telling you, we're working our way. We're almost, I think we're about to hit the playoff push right now. I think where they show you the playoff bracket. So we're about, we're almost there. So yeah, I, I love this take, Colby. I mean, Gardner Minshew, I have the Colts written down as a take. I just couldn't come up with one. You saying you were shocked. What's the perfect way to describe it? I mean, they are just one of the good surprising stories of the of the league. Um, it's going to be interesting what they do. I mean, yes, you got Anthony Richardson in the front horse of things here. But if you do end up running Gardner Minshew back, this is his third year under Shane Steichen. So you'll have a good backup once again. You know how Anthony Richardson's play style is. He's going to be, he's probably going to get in. I mean, if he's going to be, playing like that diving and getting like he was diving that all over the place putting his body on the line which was hype and i loved anthony richardson that's why i mean i I did the memes early in the year with anthony richardson i love it (laughs) but um i just i just you know my unbiased heart towards gardner man he's gonna he's looking good and shane steichen man him and shane got something going so can't i i it's surprising. Like I said, I'm at a loss of words almost to describe it. I mean, they won without Shaq Leonard again. I I don't know what's going on here. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. Yeah, they're they seem to it's they've done a lot of work. And Jonathan things. Taylor, right? No Jonathan Taylor either, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. He's out and then Minshew still, still now, they can run the ball very well as also. It's not like he's carrying the team, but he's been very good. I'll I'll just add to your last point quickly. I agree, obviously, because you're going to run back with Richardson. He's your franchise guy long term. Um, do you think they will even have the option to bring Gardner back as a backup? Because, like, I mean, you look around at some of the teams, like, someone might give Gardner a shot to be like their week. If they don't get – if things – he's probably not going to be a first choice of anyone. But, like, if your draft doesn't fall the way you want it to or – you can't – I don't even know if there's going to be any veterans really on the market this year, but you can't get anyone like that uh, – Someone Kirk on the market. Don't forget Kirk's coming yeah, on the market. But like so, like say if you don't get Kirk or the draft draft doesn't go the way you want it to, like someone might try to get Gardner to be like their week one guy. Um, I could definitely see it. Yeah, I mean he's the 30- right now he's playing like a week one guy. Yeah, he's certainly there aren't thirty two better quarterbacks. No way. Yeah, that's a good. Thank you, Colby. Thank you for hyping up one of the Jalen backups here. Um, watch him just fall apart next week. <laughs> back, back to back to Jalen's reality expectations for his uh, QBs. Um, all right, my final one is going to be the one that I feel like should have been said right off the bat in some people's opinions, but I'm going with 49ers changed the script. I mean, I was trying to come up with a way for them to, you know succeed the training arc but once you're just playing so well you're just changing the script at this point there's no no need no literary term you're just you're you're writing it yourself now. <laughs> um that's they're one of the reasons why i said that nfc playoffs are looking better than the afc because let's be real folks 49ers versus the eagles probably gonna be everyone probably gonna be a very good game again round two 49ers versus cowboys 
I'd say that'd probably be a very good game again if that were to happen. 49ers versus Lions. I'd sit down and watch that game if that were to happen. 49ers versus Green Bay. I'd throw up, but I'd have to I'd watch it. I would I mean Niners the way Green Bay's playing. It's not even close, but yeah. I would throw up if that ever happened. <laughs> so you're right about I, that. I, but at the same time, what was that really that great? Because what if the Niners just keep thrashing everyone? They just beat down whoever they play. <laughs> hey, that's a, I hear a Super Bowl ring in the NFC. And that's all I'm hearing. I mean, it depends on who plays them. I mean, if they get the Vikings again, oh, they're going to be shaking in their boots. Vikings, the Vikings were one of those teams. I don't have Kirk, though. <laughs> and Kirk. That is true. We've got to see if we get a good Josh Dobbs. That That's that. Remember, this is a Vikings bye week, though. We're not talking about them. Um, so, yeah. 49ers changing the script and Eagles are grabbing for defense money. Question mark. Yeah. They're the ones that went and got Shaq Leonard. Yeah. They, I mean, they're the back, they need secondary more than linebacker, but yeah, hopefully. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's a concern. Obviously, anytime you get beat down by your top competitor in the conference, they play Dallas again this week. It's a bump in the road. I think they'll ultimately be fine, but yeah, their defense can certainly get got over the top. Um, but yeah, the Niners look like a juggernaut. Brock has been he's phenomenal. Been terrific. Um he's doing everything he could possibly do in this system. Um he's been very good. This is awesome to see. I can't really can't believe that Brock Purdy is like might easily might win the Super Bowl. Because I never thought I would say that. The one he when I was watching him play at Iowa State, that this guy was gonna could win the Super Bowl as a starting quarterback. But uh here we are and it's awesome. That would be the one thing Colby does with a time machine is tell himself for, to the freshman year, Colby, hey, see this guy right here? <laughs> He's going to win a Super Bowl. Wild. A Super Bowl quarterback. You're like, get the fuck out of here. Who are you? Anyway, what is your last take? <laughs> uh, my last take, and then this will be perfect because this will wrap this up on this meeting and hit NBA for the, for the last one. Um, last take, again, I said because I don't want to talk about the Steelers. Um, I'll just go with a quick one and just kind of a depressing one. Uh, Washington, I think, has just given up. I mean, they're just awful. They play Miami, which is tough, but Sam Howell has not even really been looking good anymore. The last three weeks, he's uh, really, the last couple games, he's fallen off. Uh, people are now making the memes. I don't know if you've seen him making the rounds, which mm-hmm. I think is perfect, uh, but people are now calling him the white James Winston. I don't know if you've seen that. Uh <laughs> But, oh wow, he's lost his Baker title. He's no longer a yeah. great value Baker. He's white Jameis. Turned into white Jameis, which is kind of perfect because he does sling it. He throws it for a lot of yards. He throws touchdowns and he throws, he turns it over a lot. He gets sacked a lot, which is not all his fault, but is definitely somewhat his fault. Um, and they've clearly I'm surprised they aren't gonna can Rivera like and just give the enemy like five weeks. I guess they're at this point they're probably not gonna do it because like what more do you need to see? Like the team has quit. They're just, they're yeah. just, they might have like a top five pick now. I mean, Sam Howell, I don't even know if his job is as safe as we thought it was uh, with how he played for most of the year. Um, especially if they end up keep losing and end up picking super high. So yeah, man, it's just kind of feels bad for Washington considering that they were a pretty fun, frisky team there for almost like the first half of the year, almost. And now yeah. it's just abysmal. Yeah, and did not show up for a while. They have not shown up. Um, all right. Well, yeah, there's our takeaways for the NFL there, folks. Uh, I got nothing really to complain about about Washington. I mean, it's just 
it's rough stuff. That's that's simple as that. I did actually have them as my takeaway though game. They were the other game, and they are they're my other team paired up with another. You ready? Let me hear. I had them in Seattle. The Commanders. It's the you versus what she yeah what she told you about and everything meme. The you versus the guy that she told you about meme. You got the Commanders, you, and then you got the Seattle Seahawks, the team that they told you about. Look, both these teams are struggling, but if you had to worry about one team more than the other, it's definitely going to be the Seattle Seahawks. I mean, both these teams were going for, I guess, the same kind of motif. I mean, defense first or something like that, and then have a scrappy quarterback win you some games. But uh, they got the veteran coaches. Just didn't work for one of these guys, and that's what uh, that's what you ended up being. And that's what it, not you, Colby, of course, but oh, no, I get just the meme reference. I'm just oh, trying that, to protect. I like you. that. That's funny. <laughs> no, that's a very good. So, meme. I like that. That's almost uh, as good as the Niners training arc. Not quite. <laughs> that's phenomenal. <laughs> yeah, no, the Niners training arc is always going to be top tier. I think. <laughs> All right, there's your takeaways. All right, Jalen. So now got some good stuff to for the last little portion of the pod here um it is where we haven't talked basketball in a while um things it's just as we said last time it's an awesome state of the league it's the best league i have ever the whole time i've been following the league it's the most entertaining it's been obviously i'm part probably part of that is just because the nuggets are the champs and i'm so biased but i just think overall there's so many interesting talented teams so we're going to do the updated tiers now that we're into December. The updated NBA tiers. And it's got to tell you, it's been a lot of changes uh, since the since the first tiers of the year. We did, what, like two weeks into the season? We're now really? over a month into the season. Now the top maybe isn't the most different. But overall, a lot of movement around the tiers. And so I think I did pretty well again here. So I'm ready to see... Uh, what would you think about these and talk? We can talk about some of these teams just along the way as we go because we haven't really had a chance to talk basketball in a while. Word. Well, I'm down. Let's get it. All right. Here we go. Bottom of the tiers. And I got to say, it's some of the usual suspects. Vomit sandwich. These teams are just awful. They're horrible. It's the Wizards, the Spurs, and the Pistons. The Pistons, uh, one thing that hasn't changed in the since we did the last talk. The last of the tiers two weeks in the season. Uh, the Pistons still have not won a game since then. They are currently on <laughs> 16 or 17 game winning losing streak. They're horrible. As much as I like some of their young pieces, want to be hopeful they're a disaster. Uh, Wemby, exciting. The Wemby, uh, no one's even really talking about Wemby anymore. Uh, the the uh, flair and the drama has kind of worn off because uh, the Spurs are just so bad. I believe they've only won three times. They're just are an awful team. They have some one or two other interesting young pieces, but they don't really know what they're doing. They don't really have a point guard. It's a disaster. And the Wizards are also just an all-time hilariously bad team with Jordan Poole and Kuzma just pulling, and they just have not very much talent. So all these teams are just awful. Vomit sandwich. The dregs, the bottom of the league. Yeah, man, that that is so true. What you said about Wembenyama, man, that is that's rough. Like he did have a lot of hype, and even I just thought about it. Like you did, I have not heard a lot from Wembenyama these last couple of weeks. It's been uh either that or it's been he's been getting highlighted on. You know, it's uh it's been rough. It's been kind of rough for him. Uh, yeah, I mean, and then going to the Wizards, I mean, <clears throat> we said it at the beginning of the year. 
they're going to be a little they're going to probably not be the best team but they're going to be a fun watch as in like funny <laughs> i mean these guys they're, they're going to be something else every every week every day every game they're just they're just going to play the way they want to play you know even jordan Poole said it in his interviews kuzma thinks they're still going to be a good duo but they're getting their one year chance. Let's be real. This is their <laughs> one chance. And they're gonna if they're gonna if they actually run this back another year, even with do they have their pick, Colby? That's the question I should ask you. Yeah, yeah. No, they're full. Yeah. Yeah, they have their pick. They're so I think they'll yeah. keep running it back with Kuzma and Poole until like someone they got a good young core. <laughs> yeah, because that's the thing. Like they just started this real like Kulabali, the kid they drafted. I guess uh, Danny Ajiva is still pretty young. They picked him a couple years ago. He's a young piece. But, yeah, like they're really just starting with this uh, full teardown. So they might let Poole and Kuz cook another year or two until someone wants to trade for them. Uh, once, they, like you said, they get some more have some more high draft picks on in there. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was about to say, just got to throw more on the plate. And Pistons, yeah, they're just disappointing. I'm no more. I'm no longer rooting for the hype after no win November for them. Yeah, they're horrible. They just, for some reason, their whole rebuild, they've actually been rebuilding longer than the Wizards. They uh, they just keep drafting, like, guards that need the ball with their all their high picks. And so their team just makes no sense, and they're awful. That's about right. <laughs> all right, next tier. We got a couple solo tiers on here, actually. Two and then the top. Because as hmm. only one team can sit atop the throne. Solo here, the year from hell. It's just Memphis. Look, I, they're only slightly better than those three teams below them, but I felt like they deserve their own tier because, and they don't really fit in the tier above them. They deserve their own tier because not only did they not have John Morant for the first twenty-five games, who they clearly missed, they're just depleted by injuries. Like they lost Stephen Adams before the year. They already have were going to be without Brandon Clark. They've had injuries during the year. It's basically been Desmond Bain, Jaron Jackson, and a who's who getting thrown out there every night. The other night they had like seven rotation guys out. Their team is just depleted down to the studs. Uh, so it's just been a year from hell. Next year, if Ja gets the set on straight, everyone's back healthy. They'll probably be in the playoff mix. They should be. But uh, it's just been the year from hell. This is already a completely lost season about 20 games in. Yeah, um... I agree with it being a year from hell for them, but I don't feel bad for them. Remember, this team actually did play well without their back, without John Morant last. Anytime John Morant went down, they actually played really well with their backups. I think the year from hell is just a perfect way to put it. They're just, it's just not working right now. Like Zach, Zach Taylor, right? No, not Zach Taylor. It's uh, Taylor Jenkins. Yeah. Yeah, it was Jenkins. Damn. Uh, <laughs> I should have said it. I was on the, it was, I should have said it. Anyways, but yeah, it's just, He's, you know, even he lost his poise. I've seen moments where online where he's just having meltdowns on the court. And it's just like he used to be the the rock of the team. But I don't know, man. I, I don't think even adding Jaw back to this team is going to help. Maybe it'll give him a little bit of a spark for the first couple of weeks. But for the long term, I don't know, man. I'm really concerned with what they got going on for the Grizzlies. Maybe Dylan Brooks was the piece all uh-huh. along. Uh, I mean, I miss him. I mean, they're not on. I mean, his team's not on this list right now. No, not yet. His team yet. Yeah. I mean, that's true. All right. You make some fair points. Yeah. The year from hell for Memphis. All right. Next tier. Last tier where it's like awful teams, mostly. Grow up or blow up. These teams are either just, these are either young teams that are just not ready to win and they just need to grow up before they're ready to win. 
or they're just disastrous teams that need to blow up their roster. Chicago isn't far from being a vomit sandwich. I mean, it's they've been awful. They've stolen a few wins here and there. They have too much talent to be a vomit sandwich, but they are a disaster. There's chemistry. I don't know if you've, there's already Levine's been in trade rumors. I don't know if you've seen some of the bad vibes. Uh, we made the joke before that a player's only meeting after the first game. It's a disaster. They're going to blow it up. It's inevitable, and they should. Portland and uh, Charlotte. Charlotte is LaMelo's out for a few weeks, which sucks because he was on a tear before he got hurt. He was playing awesome. But they actually have some, like, they're bad. But they have won some games because they actually have some interesting pieces. Um, like, Rozier is pretty solid. Mark Williams is an interesting young guy. P.J. Washington is, is solid. Um, and, and Brandon Miller's been pretty good. So they have that. Portland Scoot's been terrible. He's finally started to show some signs of life in recent games, but uh, Shaden Sharp has been the bright spot. He's been excellent. The rest of that team kind of a disaster, but they're very young in year one of a rebuild. And Utah kind of fits both categories because on the one hand, they have drafted a couple guys this year. They have some young people they're developing. Keontae George, their rookie guard, has been pretty good. Uh, I liked what I've seen from him. But they're a bad team. They also still have the Jordan Clarksons, Colin Sexton's of the world. I wonder would they trade Lowry and really try to bottom out? He's obviously been the bright spot. Um, and then they have Walker Kessler, another young guy. So the Jazz kind of almost fit both of these categories. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think the Blazers should be in the vomit sandwich, man. They have like uh, seven wins, though. They've won a lot more games. These teams either have two or like three or two wins at the bottom. They're just a different level of bad. Different. That is a different level of bad. <laughs> that is. Um, honestly, the surprising team to me on this list is the Hornets. I'm not gonna lie. Not gonna lie. Um, I thought they would be worse. Not, not, I'm not, I thought they, I yeah, thought they would be a lot like worse. Bottom tier team, but they're still bad. Uh, yeah, I thought they would be, but uh, they're they like you said, Lamelo went on a tear, and I don't know, man. Are the Bulls really gonna finally do it? Are they? They have to. It's a disaster. They're they not need to play. Good. That's what the play-ins for. The play-in they're not even gonna make the, the play-in. They're like they have like around the same record as all of these teams on this tier with them. They're that's the level of team they are. They're not even gonna make the play-in at this rate. So they have to blow it up. It's a disaster. We said that before. We said they had to blow it up before, Colby. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Here we are. Year two. Can the Bulls do it? I think that's what we gotta ask ourselves. Can they? Can they have it in themselves to do it? That's all. Uh, for the Jazz, that's a good one for them, honestly, because they are smack dab in the middle. Kind of fit, yeah. They have young guys. They also have some pieces. Although I don't even know how much you get for Clarkson or Sexton in today's guard-heavy league. But you could at least get something. I would. Imagine. I think Clarkson would get you something. Yeah, he's a shooter. So, and yeah, that, that's they kind of fit both names. All right, you ready? Moving on up. Mm-hmm. That's all the awful teams, like teams that are legitimately bad. Everyone from here on out is at least somewhat respectable. Next year, I'm so over it. I mean, <laughs> I'm so done with these three teams. It's both all right Ooh. around 100, slightly below. Clippers, Raptors, the Hawks joining them this time around. This is just, this is just the Clippers. I don't even want to talk about them because they're just the hardened trade. We've beat it to death that we both agree that it's beyond ridiculous. They've been playing better lately. They're almost back at 500, but they're still a disaster. It's never going to work. It's just, it's ridiculous. Toronto, I mean, they're just the most stubborn team in the league. They should have tried to pick a path, blow it up, or compete, but they actually just don't want to do anything. And they just are sitting there stagnant with this team. I'll believe it when I see it. All the rumors are that, like, they've had negotiations about, like, trading their pieces and Anobi Siakam, and their asking prices are just ridiculous. So no one will even, like, 
it's not going to happen. They're just, I'm over it. And Atlanta, I gave them a fair shake this year. They're just like they were last year. They play, I like Quinn Snyder, but there's too much overlap with Trey and Murray. They play no defense. They play not a smidge, not a smidgen of defense. They're a below 500 team. They're going to be fighting for the play-in is what these teams are at best. And they have no chance of even making it out of the first round or going anywhere. Probably won't even get in. I love that title too. Dude, you're cooking with these titles right now. Um, I'm over all three of these teams as well. I'm so over them as well. They're annoying to hear. Honestly, they're honestly a little bit annoying to hear on a consistent basis. Like, for example, the Clippers. I'm tired of hearing about them. I'm right there with you. We agree <laughs> that this Harden thing's not going to work. And sometimes it's just being forced down our throats just to hear this thing. We're not – no, it's not looking good. Russ already took – was the sacrificial lamb. He's playing off the bench, still doing good off the bench. Um, and as for the Hawks, I, I'm i right there with you, DeJounte and Trey. They tried it one year. I thought they – we both thought they should have split up afterwards. But I think they doubled down on it instead. So – and I like they're both good. They just they do too much the same stuff. And yeah. have two, like, I'm over. Yeah. <laughs> I'm seeing the same. I'm seeing two of the same thing. I, I, that's what I'm getting from these guys. And then from the Raptors, I mean, yeah, they're just like the Bulls. <laughs> we've, been, we've been trying to preach it to them for the last two years. They're the, them and the Bulls are on the same same echelon as we're over it, or at least I'm over it as well. Yeah. All right. No, I'm glad you like that tier because they're frustrating. All right. Next tier. Working the phones. These teams have to make some sort of trade. Houston, I kind of lumped them in here. I don't know that they're going to do any. I don't think they need to do anything drastic. But they're, again, a team right around 500. But they're an ascending team. They deserve to be above everyone that's below them on the tiers. The main three that fit the tier, Cleveland, Brooklyn, and Golden State. Golden State started the year on fire. They've been in free fall since. Um, <laughs> they were very high on the first tiers we did. They have been a disaster their roster is too small they don't have enough scoring they have to make a trade they if they they're not getting out of round one with this team they have right now i give them they're actually a worse record than the clippers but i'm just giving them more respect on the tiers um i still think steph is so excellent if you shuffle this roster around get a get a little more size get another shot maker um you'll be good you'll be right there right back in it cleveland they have a winning record. They've been a little bit better of late. They've had guys miss games, but the Mitchell Garland thing, it's just they're better than Trey and DeJounte as a combo, but they still do too much of the same stuff. Small, not great defenders. Allen and Mobley, while they're both excellent defenders, and I like them both as players, neither of them can really shoot. Mobley hasn't developed enough as a shooter, so that doesn't really work. I would shuffle the deck on this team, and also the whole looming cloud of Donovan not wanting to stay in Cleveland. I think you could obviously get a haul probably for Allen and Mitchell if you're going to really shift it would be the ones I'd imagine you'd move, build around Garley and Mo- Garland and Mobley. You could really have something. I just think this team, as talented as they are, it doesn't really fit well enough. And Brooklyn is – they're above 500. They're scrappy. Brooklyn just need Brooklyn is very simply. They just need a facilitating point guard. They're, they kind of hoped Ben Simmons would be that. He's already hurt. Um so the Bikale Bridge has been great. Cam Johnson's a bucket getter. I like Claxton a lot. They have a nice deep team, a lot of solid role players, but they just need a point guard. They gotta they should call Detroit. You know what? Give one of those Detroit seven guards that they need the ball that they've drafted. Uh I you see you got an idea over there. So yeah, let me hear it. That's the tier. 
No, no, I don't have an idea. I was agreeing with everything you're saying. I mean, I've been saying it about the Nets. I mean, I've been a big fan of the Nets since they got Cam Johnson, because I was not a big fan of the Nets when they got when they lost D-Lo. So it's good to see. It's good to be back. You know, it's good to hear that some people are back on the wave. I mean, I think Cam Johnson, he's been in and out, you know, this season already. I think he's out right now. Um, Yeah. The, the the Nets have been dealing with injuries, but the main story, though, is what you said. Mikael Bridges Excellent. keeping this team floating. They do need another facilitator, and I think they'll take off. My boss, he is a Cavs fan, and I oh. love asking him about the Cavs because they do. I do love Jared Allen from that Nets team, of course, and I do love um, Donovan Mitchell. <laughs> I, I mean, everyone loves watching Spider Man. He's an elite player, but you got to realize that this team has a good potential around it and he doesn't want to be there and i asked my boss what do you want to do are you going to get rid of the big men or is it going to be uh donovan mitchell and he said if i remember this correctly he if he if he's listening sorry if i botched this but i'm pretty sure he was saying gotta get rid of i think he was saying get rid of donovan and try and figure out to get another star in and figure this thing out with mobley because he he got the talent down at the big man position. They got the talent at the big man position. They need to find a guard with Garland because they do have Garland. He, I think Garland's happy to be there. So you just got to find someone that pet combos well with those guys and everything. I think just like the Nets, maybe Ben Simmons is the guy. <laughs> just, yeah, I don't know about that. The Cavs, they like <laughs> wing, scoring wing. I'd be interested. I don't, I don't know who, who the right fit would be, but – be interesting to see what they could toggle together. <laughs> and of course, there's my Dylan Brooks Rockets right there. I gotta gotta say, I'm pretty yeah, impressed. They're, they're not in as desperate need of a trade, but I mean, if they want to actually go for it, try to make the playoffs, make a minor tweak here. I just I didn't really feel like they fit in any of the other tiers. Um, so they they this was kind of where I grouped them in. I love what I've seen from Shengun. Um, he's terrific. He's the baby Joker. He's excellent. But um, I've seen that. Yeah, I was gonna say he's like uh, stage uh, one Joker. The Rockets also are one of those teams so far. It's very early, but they're very good at home and very bad on the road. So do it that way if you will. Um, okay. Ready to move up. Sure. Solo tier. Again, I'm sorry. I am, but I just don't believe you. The Pelicans. They've been pretty good again. They, they're, they won against the Kings in the in-season quarterfinal last night after some bumps. Zion, while he hasn't been as dominant as he was early in his career, injuries seem to take a toll on him. He's still been very good when he's out there. Ingram and him are finally showing they're playing together. They're kind of figuring some stuff out with the young guys in their rotation. They just got Trey Murphy back, um, which is big for them. And they look good. I don't believe it one bit that I have any no faith in that this still being the case come the playoffs. One, just because of the Zion Ingram health piece of this. Like, so Ingram is like Zion, obviously, is the big one. Brandon Ingram is also very injury prone. So that's the, that's the thing for them. They've been banged up. They have a lot of talent, and it's just kind of a weird team. So they've been much, they've been better than all these teams below them, but I just don't believe it. I don't trust them one bit. Mm hmm. Let me see who you have more trust than him. Everyone else, you ready? You ready to keep moving up? Yeah, let me see. Because I don't have much to say about the the Zion Pelicans either. I don't really much. That's he's doing good, but it's not even consistently good. Like Zion's numbers aren't even yeah as good as they were the last couple of seasons. So defense either. Um, that's not great. 
All right, here we go. Oh, hey, speaking of defense. Yeah, <laughs> next year, one of my favorite names, the Can't Guard Committee. Uh, these teams are all very good. They're all going to be in the playoffs. They all could even win a playoff series if things go right, but their ceiling is probably round two because they are just bad, so bad defensively. The Pacers, they hey, they won the first ever in-season tournament uh, game last night. Halliburton's been unbelievable. He's so good. And offensively, they're dynamic. They just try to outscore you every night. They play zero defense. Um, so they that's going to kill them come the playoffs. But they're a good team. They'll be there. Sacramento is the best, I think, of these three teams, even though I don't know that they have the best record, but I think they're the team I would have the most faith in being able to get it together playoffs-wise because of their depth, but they still don't really play very much defense, even though they have, after a bumpy start, they've righted the ship and looked pretty good. Um, and Dallas, who was excellent coming out, they've come cooled off a bit. They've still been pretty good, and Lively has really overachieved so far as a rookie. He's been a nice rim protector for them at times, but he's still a kid. That's tough to put that much pressure on him. And while they have improved from last year with the role players and the defense, they're still awful defensively. Um, and a Kyrie Luka backcourt is just going to be, but Luka's been unbelievable. He's been terrific. So he, they could easily win around just off of how good he is and if Kyrie's hooping, but the defense is going to kill all these teams come the playoffs. Yeah. Um, honestly, surprising that you have the Pacers on there. Because Miles Turner, that's his whole schnig dig, you know, is bringing defensive presence for the Pacers. So for me, it's surprising, but their offense is popping off. I mean, Halliburton, um, they're saying him a burden. I didn't like it, but it's, I mean, it's, it's, you're actually bringing attention back to the Pacers, and it's awesome. You know, that's what I see when it comes to Halliburton. He is a fun guy to watch. He was balling last night. It was good. It was a great show from him. Uh, tri- his first career triple double too so and then you got the kings i mean they kind of calm down don't you think seems like they kind of either that or they finally hit the expectations that people expect you know and that's just like they're not even given that much coverage so for me and them I mean, Malik Monk is, is still there, right? He's hoping with them. Yeah, I mean, I forgot the coach's name. That's why I started Mike with Malik Brown. Monk. Mike, huh? Brown. Mike, Mike Brown. Brown. There we go. Yeah, Mike. Mike Brown, you know, he's still – he found a way to get these guys relevant. Got to say, that's that's an incredible coaching job right off the bat for Sacramento. Um, and for the kid down in uh, Dallas, <laughs> as in the coach kid, Jason kid, got to give him credit too. Even though he, he was more of a defensive – you can steal the ball and all that in, t- in old school NBA games. So I'm surprised that his team can't play some defense, especially as guards. I'm really surprised. But um, hey, that offense, the kid was swaggy when he was balling, and this offense is swaggy as well. Yeah. No, th- these teams are all very fun watches. All great watches. Mm-hmm. Three of the best guards in the league are right there with Luca, Halliburton, and Fox. They're all incredible. Um, all right, you ready? Moving on up, the poker table, Knicks and Sixers. Both these teams sitting there. They're both, I think, as uh, the Knicks are playing right now, I know. But prior to that, they were both 12-7. and seven. The Sixers, after a red-hot start, cooled off a bit. They both have a treasure trove of assets that they could trade at this point with various combinations of picks and players. And they both figure to be in the market for trying to get a star at some point, whether it's in the season or after the year for the Sixers, almost certainly will be in season. The Knicks, 
I, they're a good team, but their ceiling is obviously probably round two with this team, unless they go out and get a big star somewhere. I, I'm not a Zach Levine guy, but these would be the teams that you'd figure would get in that mix. Uh, or if Siakam or uh, someone else comes available of that level, whoever it is, both these teams figure to be aggressively trying to make a trade, a big trade at some point to try to get over the hump of the East. See, I don't know if the Sixers will do it because they just, you know, took that swing and they finally got rid of all that. But they got like, assets back. And, like, that's true. What? They did get assets back. But I want to know. Well, it would be awesome to see one of these two teams definitely take a swing, especially in the Knicks, because we've been hearing about the whole rumors about how Julius Randle could be a part of some of these trades in the offseason. And he wasn't. He's still here. So now it's like, all right, are the Knicks going to be able to reinforce this, you know? And who's going to be that piece to reinforce it? And I don't think they went out to do much to reinforce these guys. I mean, so give Markel Fultz some help. Not Markel Fultz. What am I saying? Oh, my goodness. Colby, I'm having a brain fart. Um, the guard for the Knicks. Give him help. I forgot his name. Jalen Brunson. Lord help me. Jalen Brunson. Thank you. Why Markel Fultz? What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's because I saw the Sixers logo. Kind of yeah, that's what I say. I don't know why I said that name. But anyways, as for the Sixers, I mean, I think the story here is Maxie and Embiid being the combo of the of the, of the surprise combo come out. Yeah, no, they've been awesome. And Embiid has been as good, if not better, than he was last year. Maxie's been terrific. And Nick Nurse has been, I think, a breath of fresh air for them as a coach. We'll see how the rest of the year plays out, though. Do you think the Sixers having Nick Nurse? Do you think he just goes to the Raptors and they're like, "Hey, give me like they still have Spicy P, so yeah, give trade for Spicy P or something." I mean, he probably wouldn't Raptors fit their plan, would, but would be reasonable. I think that'd be interesting. I don't know that yeah. that's a perfect fit, but I think it could work. He could play in like almost the Tobias Harris spot because you probably Tobias Harris probably have to be in that to make the money work. So I think that'd mm-hmm. be interesting. Yeah. yeah, I'd rather do that than Levine personally. Uh, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, some teams to shop around. It's very, it's what trade deadlines February or January? Yeah. February, February. Yeah. We're getting close. Damn, <laughs> we got a long season to go, but yeah, 20 games. <laughs> All right, you ready? Power, okay. yes, right, sir. Three. The lurking legends. Oh, I already love this name. Lakers. Oh, no, Miami. So these teams have all had their various hiccups and bumps. They're all few game, game or two above 500 in the playoff picture. This is super early. Um, the the thing for all these teams, the challenge is honestly going to be just making it through the regular season in the gauntlet West for the Lakers and Phoenix case, or just in general for Miami's case, uh, and not being so low of a seed that you're in a brutal spot come the playoffs. Um, trying to get a decent enough seed so you don't have to like go up to the altitude in Denver in the first round or anything crazy. Um, they're all have their issues for the Lakers. Some night the guys just don't have it. Um, LeBron and AD have actually been pretty healthy. They've been healthy so far this year. Um, but sometimes they just can't count on the other guys and they get cooked. The Suns, I mean, we keep making the jokes. The trio have still not played one second together. Uh, because Bradley Beal has still been out. Um, but even with Booker and Durant, if they have two of them, they've been very, very good. Um, but they just don't – the role guys have done some things, but they don't have enough. At Miami, 
I mean, it just is just exactly probably where they want to be just lurking. They're going to be in the playoffs. They've had some win streaks. They've been up and down. Jaime Hawkes has been excellent. Shocker. Um, people are saying they didn't yeah. put him in the Dame trade. It was a rumor, which I could see why. I mean, he's been awesome. Of course, the Heat know what they're doing, and they just they just reload. They replace guys. Their the hero's been very good. Um, so they're all lurking, despite having their various regular season issues. You don't want to see them in the playoffs, but the regular season also might be too much for these teams. And they all have legends, legendary players in the Lakers and Suns case, uh, and a legendary coach in the Heat's case. Jimmy Butler, I don't know if I consider him a legend yet, but bordering all he's I wouldn't call him a legend, but he's an all-time excellent player. I was gonna say he's close. He's getting close. Yeah. He is really close. Yeah. Um just to speed through this one, obviously gross to Western teams out, out there <laughs> that we just don't want to see. Um, but it's true. They are lurking. It's because they just need to make it. They're two teams that we definitely just they're just hearing about their playoff talk. Is so annoying in my opinion, just because just they got all these legends, like you said. So they obviously get the focus, but I feel like, especially the way this tiers list is forming, I'm hoping that the new generation of legends can uh, change that. That's I, all I can say. I, <laughs> thank you very much. All right, almost to the top. My favorite tier: Nightmare Fuel. These teams, you just are no fun to play. Yes, we hit the 10-minute warning. Perfect. Your beloved Timberwolves, who have the best record in the NBA, uh, as of as I last checked, they have the best defense in the NBA. The, by the way, the Magic, my this my Magic takes over these last year or so that we've been doing this are just aging like a fine wine. They they did lose their last game, but prior to that, they went on like an eight, seven or eight game winning streak. They've been running through teams. They also, at one point, had the best defense in the NBA. Minnesota and my Orlando, two best defenses in basketball, which makes them no fun to play. They are both massive, massive, long teams that just throw size at you. They have great perimeter defenders who, in Ant and Jaden McDaniels for the Wolves. In the Magic's case, they got uh, Suggs and Anthony Black at guard, just locking people down. They have ascending high-level stars, Anthony Edwards, obviously, and the Palo Franz combo in Orlando's case, which just keeps looking better and better. Just no fun to play. Really good records near the top of the standings and excellent. OKC, it's just about the freakiness of their guards and the offense. And Chet has been terrific. He's going to win rookie yeah. probably going away. Um, this is out last year. SGA has been bonkers. The Josh Giddy is still playing as they investigate his allegations. We touched on that briefly. Um, and, but Jalen Williams is excellent. Kason Wallace, who they draft, has been very good. They just have so many guards, and they got Dort. They are just terrific offensively, uh, whereas the other two are just terrific defensively. All these teams are just a nightmare to play. You see them coming up on your schedule, and that is just no fun. And that's how they have cooked a lot of teams. They've emba- All these teams have embarrassed teams this year, a decent amount. Yeah, this is the fun tier. This is the tier that I was talking about just before alluding to. I didn't even expect all three of them to be together, but to see them together, honestly, is a sight to see. These are three teams, (laughs) like I said, I think last time we did the tiers. If I was a little kid, I would probably have these three teams on the uprise. (laughs) So those would be the three that I would root for as well. There you go. 
All right. And then we'll just finish out here since we're running out of time. Quickly, the top of the tiers, top two rows, only the names have changed. The coaching question. Boston, yeah. Milwaukee. Boston, I'd like slightly better because Milwaukee, Milwaukee doesn't defend. I don't know how they're going to fix that. And Adrian Griffin, the rookie head coach, has not, I would say, blown anyone's socks off. They still have a very good record as they've just been outscoring teams. And they have obviously the second best player alive and Dave Lillard. That works terrifically on offense. The defense is a mess. They have no perimeter defenders. And Boston, man, Porzingis is out. They, they don't, they're a much worse team. And it'll just be depending on his health. This is going to be the biggest thing. They've been excellent. They've been the best team in the East. But I don't know, man. I still just do not trust Joe Mazzulla. He still does very questionable things in game sometimes. And so the East is in this weird spot where these two are the massive heavy favorites in the conference. Still, I would say by mile. And yet all the teams they're going to be competing with below them, you would think would have like Miami, Philly, even Tibbs, even Tibbs at this point have big coaching advantages. Obviously Miami and Philly, massive coaching advantages. Orlando, Jamal Mosley, he's an up and coming coach. So he's obviously never proven himself in the playoffs, but like an Indiana, even as Rick Carlisle who's won a championship. So that's the thing. These teams should be the overwhelming favorites in the East, but their coaches are their biggest question. Oh man, yeah. I'm glad you had at least re 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 uh, reapproached the quote coaching question because I've been giving you a hard time about Joe Missoula and your takes on him. I mean, yes, the Celtics are playing good, but man, it's I think that's the hardest thing to trust is this man's play calling sometimes and just sheerness of just knowing when to use his timeouts and rotations. Like in the playoffs, it was not good. Like, all I'm is playoff time, and and so and for the Bucks. They were having some tensions, I'm pretty sure, a couple weeks ago. So they were having a little bit of uh, disputes or something like that. I don't know, something with the coach and Giannis. They were not – something about the rotations weren't going well, and they're trying to figure things out still. So, yeah, the team's still winning games, but they got to figure it out. All right. It's the reason and why they're not number one, as I see. And, of course, at the top, even though they don't have the best record, <laughs> Mike Malone's laboratory, the Denver Nuggets. They have been playing without Jamal Murray for a month. And have just been. I've picked that they've still been winning at a high level. Um, just well, they, even though they've lost some games, despite missing Murray, and they've missed. They were lo- they had that crazy Clippers win where they didn't have Jokic, Murray, or Gordon. Um, it's Mike Malone's laboratory though, because he's doing all sorts of experimenting right now, trying to figure out who are going to be the bench guys that I can count on come the playoffs. It's been a lot of Reggie Jackson, who's been excellent. DeAndre Jordan has revived himself and played his way to the rotation. Strother, the rookie, is up and down, but I really like him. He's had nice moments. And obviously Christian Brown is the sixth man. So Peyton Watson, another one who I like a lot. He's trying to find his footing. And when you have Jokic, you can afford to do this because he can just carry you to wins a lot of nights. Um, so it's Mike Malone's laboratory. They're, they're experimenting, but they're still rightfully at the top of the tiers. Uh, that is rightfully so. Rightfully so. I mean... Not the best record in the NBA, but they're definitely still the best team. I mean, folks, I say this all the time when I talk to like coaches and just giving advice. I'm like, sit down and watch a game of Nuggets basketball. It's <laughs> pure definition of team basketball. It really is. So many passes. So they get a rebound. They know who to dish it to. They it's outlet, outlet, outlet it's everywhere. It's really uh, it's beautiful basketball. I mean, I still haven't – I have not came onto this podcast yet with a reason to say, hey, Colby, 
Nuggets played ugly basketball. Like <laughs> I, I have not had to say that in a while. That's uh, that's how impressive they've been. Absolutely, love it. There's your tears, and there's some NBA talk to finish us up. All right, so Colby, I don't know how much time we got here. Uh, you got the view on your screen, but three minutes. Three minutes. Oh Lord! All right, two minute drill, folks, for everyone's favorite segment. It is time for some final thoughts. I'm actually going to take it away from you on this one. Since you've been talking a lot, I'm going to go ahead and take it away from this one. Um, My final thought here is Colby. This in-season tournament has been pretty lit, has it not? I mean, we were were questioning it. I I mean, not we. I think a certain one of us was questioning it. Hand up. I didn't really. It's been good. It's been good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's final thought. I really wanted to ask you about your thoughts on how you feel about that, how the in season tournament is going and everything. Uh, I think it's going great. That's my final thought. No, I agree with you. It, it, yeah, it's been, I think, about best as it could have gone, honestly. Like, it's, it's been intense. The players seem to care. And it's awesome to see, like, a team like Indiana, they're in, like, the final four now. They've, like, they said last night, Halliburton, like, that was one of the first times he's been on national TV. Like the pace are like so it's cool that teams like that are getting some recognition that otherwise wouldn't. So yeah, I think it's been great. Yeah. Um my final thought is sorry, do you have more? No, no, no. That's all you. <laughs> my final thought, I'm gonna just do two really quick ones. I don't wanna just do all uh basketball, but Denver Nuggets, uh just to put a bow on that. Uh all of NBA history prior to last week. Uh, five exactly five times the person's had a 30 point triple double with no turnovers. Uh, and then Nikola Jokic did it twice in the last week. So, just to show you, I mean, just how historically great he is. And then, my other, we talked about last episode with Christian JMU losing Coach Signetti. They are getting just our boys are getting depleted by the transfer portal right now. Uh, all the time, yeah. this year, jumping ship. So, you hate to see that. I hate to end on a negative note, but yeah. Just lost a great tight end Zach Horton today to the portal. The quarterback's already going to the portal. It's uh, it's rough. So that's why it is. Rough. It's rough, but you know, JMU is known for having a strong brand, and hopefully, like how we can build our brand one day, we can be like JMU and always be out there on the football field consistently, putting up some good stuff, Colby. Sir, thank you for listening to the CJ JC Show. Whenever you want more biased takes, go on over to our social media pages, Spotify, or wherever you can probably find a podcast, if we have it up. And if we do, thank you for following us on social media. And besides that, have a good one, y'all.